All right, welcome to this edition of Ask. I'm Pastor Jamie, and today we answer, what if my grandson is claiming to be gay and he's getting married soon? Another difficult one, but we're gonna do our best on Ask. Welcome back to this edition of Ask. We're almost up to 500 episodes, I think, so we've been doing this a number of years. If you're just tuning in for the first time, once a week we present kind of 500 years, did I say? 300 episodes. 500 maybe someday, Steve corrected me. But anyway, uh, this is where you ask questions. You can go on our website, cornerstonebv.org. There's a little media drop down, uh, um, an ask page, and you can just submit a question. Super easy to do. Um, and then it's really just about anything, about the Bible or how the Christian should look at certain things like we're gonna answer today. And so uh, we, ha- we definitely are in need of questions um, coming up in the future episodes. And if other people, if you have a question, other people do too. So definitely um, make sure you, you submit them. And uh, so uh, one of the ones that got submitted by a woman named Karen said, our grandson is claiming he is gay. He is getting married September 4th. This is against God's word, praying for God's intervention. What and how do we respond? Some of our family members are totally in disagreement in the wedding and his way of life. We give him our love and prayers. What else? Thank you. So very honest question. And I know right away, some people will be like, ooh, you shouldn't even phrase it that way. This is a grandmother who loves her grandson. and whenever someone you love is doing something you think is contrary to what's good for their life, you're obviously going to be concerned. And so you always want to look at it that way, regardless of how you might come on this, on this, come down on this issue. Uh, so I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but there are plenty of scriptures from both Old and New Testament that are very, very clear. Like very few things are this clear that that homosexuality or uh, sex between a man and a man or a woman and a woman um, uh, is considered sin. Um, this, I can give you some references if you want to look them up. This is just a few. In the Old Testament, Leviticus 18.32, Leviticus 20.13. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, Romans 1, 26-27, 1 Timothy 1.10, and there's others uh, as well. Um, so it's clear, and, and we want to make sure we are clear on that. We look at, the, at scriptural truth as truth for all time and all ages. Some have made the argument that, you know, some of the Leviticus things, well, what about other things in Leviticus we no longer do? There's a difference, as we've mentioned many times on, on Ask, it, there's a difference between the ceremonial aspects of law that has been fulfilled by Jesus and the moral aspects of the law. Things that were, were outlawed as wicked to God, they're, that, that didn't get changed, right? They're still wicked to God. And, but even if you feel that way, the New Testament very much confirms that it's wrong. Now, I just po- point this out, not because I'm trying to slam anyone, but because there's, there's many so-called believing Christians who say, it's okay, that was a cultural thing, you don't need to change uh, what you're doing. So there's no question that, um, that homosexuality is a sin to God. Now, um, this does not mean temptation, meaning that, that there is something called same-sex attraction. And this can happen for a whole host of reasons that I can't get into and I'm not an expert on anyway. But that someone might have that temptation that they're attracted to. That's not sin, okay? That could be a struggle in someone's life. That's not something that, that's wrong to God. It is what we do with that and act that out, whether in our mind with lust or uh, with our, our body, right? So, so keep that in mind. What's the problem? The, the biggest problem with this is it has become the poster child homosexuality for division between uh, sometimes within the church but often certainly outside those who are not considered them, considering themselves Christians like oh you're this because you believe that it, this issue seems to be the poster child um, which is always interesting to me because for instance if I tell you that uh, um, that a, a man and a woman who live together are not married and having clearly a sexual relationship that this is also sin uh, <laughs> 
huge proportion, uh, over 90% of Americans have sex before marriage, right? So this involves most people, including people in the church often. So if I said that, you might kind of go, oh my gosh, what an oddball or old fashioned or whatever. And you'd probably disagree with me or scoff at me. That might be true, but you wouldn't call me horrible names. You would just disagree. But it's really saying the same thing, right? It's saying, no, 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 it doesn't mean I hate the two people who are doing it. It doesn't mean that I demean them or in any, any way personally. It just means there are things biblically that are true and not true and that are good for us and not, and God's laid them out. And that's one of them, right? So, so whatever that, that issue might be, but for some reason, the homosexual issue has been raised beyond anything else. And, and I think this is both sides, those within the church uh, who believe the Bible and those who don't, uh, kind of at fault. Those who are on the outside uh, have, have whether there's, there might be other things where like, it's fine, I disagree with you, but it's fine for you to believe that. They instead, they demand that Christians, biblical Christians, capitulate on this issue and agree with culture instead of God's word, God's clear word. They demand, otherwise, you're a bigot, you're unfeeling, you're unloving. And what are we supposed to do with that accusation? So now, I believe God's word or I'm this evil person. You really don't see that in most any other issue. For me to say prostitution is wrong, um, you may disagree with me, but you probably don't think I'm a horrible bigot against prostitutes, right? So see how what I'm getting at is this has been raised to this, this level of just because you believe something's wrong doesn't mean that you believe someone should be demeaned or disrespected uh, or hurt or stripped of rights or anything like that. Um, I, before I was a pastor, it's only seven years of my professional life before I got into becoming a clergy, uh, I had several coworkers who were openly gay, three bosses. So I had a lot, had a lot of experience with this, as many of you do. And I don't think that any of them would have told you, even as a young man and kind of stupid and immature, uh, that I treated them any differently than anyone else. It doesn't mean I always treated them great, but it wasn't because they were gay. Then I was just, I was probably having a bad day. But so, but I still took a Christian stance on homosexuality. It, it's, it's. This is how we are to operate, right? I don't look at you and you are, uh, I've known people who work at strip clubs. I don't demean you, I don't hate you, I don't think you should, uh, you know, horrible things should happen to you or you're, you're the, you know, the dregs of society. However, working at a strip club is sin. Like, see the difference is like, God has laid out what is right and what is good and it doesn't mean it comes with me disrespecting or demeaning you. It means, hey, I love you enough to say, this is what is what is right and what is good. Um, so on the other hand, the church has sort of raised this to a level. There's a lot of other kinds of sins that we shrug at or we excuse or we say, well, you know, what were they gonna do? You know, those types of things. But for many, the, the sin of homosexuality has become the unpardonable sin. They don't say it that way, but it's how they operate. Ugh, you know, and they, they can't deal with it. And so both sides, I think, have added to this escalation where we have this poster child sin and it just shouldn't be. What do you do ultimately the question with someone who's claiming to be gay, in this case, get married? You do the same thing with anyone else in your life that is engaging in things that you believe are, that the Bible says are wrong. You, you are clearly, you clearly stand upon truth, clearly. You don't confuse the issue. And that sometimes means you get rejected and you get disowned because you refuse to capitulate your biblical beliefs. You don't capitulate your biblical beliefs. You shouldn't. However, as much as you can, you pray for them. You're gentle and kind and loving and good and you're humble before them, right? And, and so you do all of that 
without capitulating the truth of God's word. This isn't easy, but it's something that in our culture we have to become more and more uh, secure with is we are gonna live out the Bible, but we're gonna do so as much as we can in a loving, gentle, gracious way. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. All right, we just have one other question I wanna to get to. It's a quick one, so stay with me. As we know, God created the universe and all that exists in it. Yes, we do. My question is, did God create sin? Aha, he did not. Okay, so all sin means, a definition, it means miss the mark, okay? And so, miss the mark of God's clear standards. And that's why we have his word, right? There's a clear standard, what God expects, what is good, what is right, how we should live. When we go against that purposefully, right? We either do something that he says we shouldn't do, or we don't do something that he says we should do. We are missing the mark. We are sinning, okay? That has to, a sin or miss the mark has to exist if God has standards. If God said, I've created you now, now go do whatever you want, I don't care. It's all good. Well, then there's no such thing as sin because there's no standard. So you can't miss what's not there. It's like when someone invented the game of basketball, and you know I love basketball, right? You created the rules of the game, you gotta make, make it in the hoop, whatever. They didn't necessarily create missing. It just has to exist if there's a standard on how to make points. So to score a basket is what I'm trying to do, but if it hits off the rim and bounces off, I've missed, right? So there has to be, a, if there is a standard in anything, there has to exist something that misses the standard. So God did not create sin, he did not force us to sin, he did not entice us to sin, but sin had to exist for us to willingly and lovingly live up to his standards, okay? Hopefully that helps, let me know if it didn't. All right, next, um, please make sure you go on our website and uh, understandpv.org, ask your questions or any follow-up to the last couple of weeks. I know it's been some controversial topics, so please, any follow-up, I'd love to have that and we can still continue the dialogue on Ask. God bless.